Good morning, Grace. Well, I am back again with another quizzing update, but this time for our junior quizzer, Joseph Watley. Would you come forward? As I mentioned a couple weeks ago, whenever we recognized uh, Noah in the senior program, uh, we've teamed up with the Pentecostals of Alexandria to quiz with their program this year. And Joseph has been traveling to POA weekly to work with them and his team. And Saturday was their first tournament of the season in Lake Charles. And they did so well for their first tournament quizzing together. They placed second in their division. And Joseph's hard work paid off. Uh, he was highest scorer on five of his games, second highest scorer in one, and he quizzed out in two, leading to be the highest scoring individual of the tournament. And we have a long quiz season ahead with lots of dedication and hard work, but please pray that we stay motivated and, as always, that God's word is transformative in our lives. Thank you so much. Yeah, let's give them a hand. That represents a lot of hard work. You don't just tiptoe your way to, uh, to championship quizzing. So good job, Joseph. Welcome, Grace Church. It's great to see everyone. Look at your neighbor. Give them a smile. Tell them I hope you're staying warm. Great to see you all. Those joining us on live stream and Facebook live. We are so glad that you've chosen to join us today. We pray that the service will be a blessing to you. Let me begin today by reminding you of a few things. Of course, today, uh, you probably noticed when you drove up, today is our blood drive. Uh, so you have the opportunity to give the gift of life. If you haven't signed up at Grand Central to do that, I believe that you can still participate. So please help be a part of that great, great effort, a way to give back to our community. And then 21 Days of Sacrifice concludes today. Thank you so much to everyone that participated. I pray it was a blessing to you and to your family. And I know it has been a blessing to our church and will continue to be a blessing to our church throughout the coming year. Tuesday morning prayer this Tuesday at 10 o'clock right here in the sanctuary. If your schedule allows, please come and pray at the church. And then Saturday at 9 o'clock is men's prayer over in the Alexander Center. And we want all of our men to come and pray. Let's start the year off right. This will be our first men's prayer of the year. And so we want everyone to come and pray. Young men, I want to make a special uh, announcement to you or a special reminder. I've mentioned it to you in youth service. But I'm inviting our young men to come and be a part of this. And let's pray together. The, the church needs the prayers of our men. Amen. Yeah. So that's right. Um, and then very special announcement. I want to take just a moment here. Uh, please mark your calendar for Thursday, February the 3rd. Everybody say February the 3rd. This is going to be a kids crusade or a kids Holy Ghost rally right here on campus. And so a couple things I want to point out. Number one is that it's on a Thursday night. That's a little unusual for our church schedule. And so please note, I um, want to say it as clearly as I can, it's a Thursday night. But also I want to point out that it is specifically for our kids to come and be filled and refilled with the Holy Ghost at this at this service. This is a, a rally. This is an effort being put on by the United Pentecostal Church International from headquarters in St. Louis. Our church has been chosen to host the event in this region. They'll be doing uh, these events all over the nation. We're hosting the one here. 
It'll be at 7.30, special speaker, Brother Steve Cannon and Brother Daniel Gums. Please come out and bring your kids. But even if you don't have kids, we want you to come out and support it. It'll be a great opportunity to help pray in the altar, great opportunity for our older students to help pray with these kids in the altar. It's going to be a great service, and we want everybody to come. So please help us support this effort for our children. And then I want to remind you that February the 13th on Sunday at 11 o'clock in the service, it'll be our baby dedication Sunday. So now's the time to get that information to the church office if you would like to have your baby dedicated in that service. Last announcement, and we're going to worship the Lord together. Please listen very carefully. You're going to see a picture on the screen. Avery Bunch. Avery, wave your hand back there. You're on screen anyway through the picture. Avery has a table set up in Grand Central, the foyer, and she is selling hand-decorated jars, and all of the proceeds go to Move the Mission, which is our missions fundraiser. Avery took this on by herself. This was her idea. It's her passion. It's her motivation that she got gathered all the materials, did a handcrafted project for these jars. You can use them for all kinds of stuff. You can use them for votive candles. You can use them to store pens, paper clips. Uh, the, the options are endless. And she took this on herself because she wanted to make an impact on missions. She wanted to do something specifically herself for missions. And so let's get behind her and help her with this fundraiser. I understand there's only four or five left, but the reason I went ahead and announced it is because she's going to do some more. And you're going to come in in a couple of Sundays and see her back out there doing the same thing. That's what this is all about. And uh, she's selling them for $3 per jar, or you can buy two for $5. And it all goes to missions, and it's all her burden and her passion. Isn't that awesome? I think we ought to give Avery a hand for, for this amazing effort. Avery, you are 9, 10, I should know. Avery's my niece, by the way. I should know these things. But she's 9 or 10 years old uh, and just wanting to make an impact. And to me, it's so inspiring because it shows that anybody with a motivation, with a passion, and with an idea can make it happen if they really want to. I find a lot of inspiration out of what she's doing, and I th just think it's awesome. So with that said, let's stand together. The praise team is going to lead us in worship, and I just think we ought to follow the instructions from the Word of God that says, Shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Would you do that? Clap your hands to Jesus. Lift your voice right now as the praise team leads us into His presence.
thank God today there's some praisers in the building. There's some worshipers here today. There's some people here today that love the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm glad we have some people here that will dance in the Holy Ghost. I'm glad we've got some people here today that will run the aisles, that will jump up and down, that love Jesus. It's the presence of the Lord. It's the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank you for your worship. Thank you for your praise today, exalting the beautiful, beautiful name of Jesus. Thank you, praise team, for taking us to the throne of God today. Thank the Lord. You may be seated. We're going to get to preaching here for just a second. But I want to say very quickly to everybody, thank you so much for your fasting over the past 21 days. And uh, I know of at least two people that forgot they were fasting, well, maybe it's three now that I think about it, and forgot early on and broke their fast accidentally but decided we're going to carry on uh, for the 21 days after they kind of made a mistake. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But uh, we have decided, as Joseph Wadley has progressed through this fast today, that he'll probably be fasting till August he gets his made up because he forgot a bunch of times so didn't mean to rat you out dude but it was just uh, appropriate two times he said but speaking of Joseph he did amazing yesterday in the quiz tournament so proud so proud that's just it never ceases to amaze me thank the Lord and uh, Avery Bunch great job girl great job I'm so glad she I think she almost sold out before church even started that's amazing that is amazing uh, I thank our parents for participating, for supporting, but more than anything else, for putting that into your kids. What a beautiful, beautiful attribute that can be developed. And who knows that God may lay his hand on her heart. And if the Lord tarries, who knows where she will end up in ministry somewhere. Only God knows. Thank the Lord. I do want to give you a quick save the date. It's not on our announcements. But just so you can plan, I would be honored, I would be honored as pastor, if you could make it a point to be here on March the 13th, on Sunday, March the 13th, I would appreciate it. Uh, our district superintendent, Brother Darrell Weber, will be here speaking, and I would like for him just to catch a view of Grace Church as, as complete as it can be, and I would absolutely appreciate your being here today. Thank the Lord. And Braylon, since we're ratting people out, your brother kind of ratted you out today, and it gave me an idea. Uh, he told me that you drank a Dr. Pepper before church this morning, just in case there was an opportunity to run the aisles. You'd have plenty of energy, plenty of octane. And uh, I believe he was serious about it myself. I believe he was serious. So uh, here in the next Sunday or two, I'm going to see if we can pass out small Dr. Peppers to everybody coming in here before church and uh, see if we can get some more people to rally behind him. I appreciated his courage. I appreciated him stepping out on faith. And, hey, we ain't done yet either. You might see some more of that before this is over with today. I love our young people. They're amazing. They're doing amazing. And I'm so thankful, so very thankful for every one of them. I'm not going to formally read a text today. I'll come to one in a minute. 
but I'm just going to go ahead and start preaching, if that's okay with everybody. And uh, I want to pick up where I left off last Sunday, so we'll review for just a moment, and we'll launch into our message for today. This is how we concluded last Sunday, Acts chapter 2, verse 12, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine, but Peter... Standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, or about nine o'clock in the morning. I preached to you last Sunday that I believe that's where this bunch, this bunch is right now. In Acts chapter 2, Peter was preaching to the multitude and said, it is but the third hour of the day or 9 a.m. For them, a new day had dawned. It was a new era. God was pouring out something from heaven that mankind had never seen nor heard of before. It was, he was with them If you'll remember last Sunday's sermon, you remember the stormy sea, he was with them, but now he is in them. How do you understand that, or how do you get your head around that if you're them? We think something new comes along, and it takes us weeks, months, and years to get over it. They had about five minutes to understand this is a fulfillment of prophecy, it is God fulfilling promise when he said, I, was, I am with you, but I shall be in you. I don't know how to explain that any more than they did. But nonetheless, that was their new reality. They were drunk, intoxicated, but not like the multitude thought. I believe that there is a new reality that's coming to Grace Church. I call it the post-COVID church. I'm going to call it the learn how to deal with COVID church. And I'm going to take a step further. I'm going to call it the God can heal COVID church. Everybody ought to be on board with that unless you like having COVID. I don't. And I believe God can heal it. We'll come to a little bit more of that in a minute. They were given a simple commandment. And if they chose to believe it and obey it, their lives would be amazingly different and they would turn their world upside down. This is last Sunday. I ask, why can't that same thing happen to us? Here was the commandment that they were asked to obey, they were commanded to obey. Acts chapter 1 verse 4, And they being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, You've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. I know that COVID is still going on around us, but I believe we can still have revival in the midst of a COVID pandemic. I'm sick and tired of believing that we can't have a move of God 
thank you for that until COVID goes away. Amen. Amen. I was just last minute going through all of this this morning. Does anybody here besides me remember when AIDS came onto the scene? Everybody panicked. I don't want to be graphic here today. But it was said by the media that you believe they believed you could get it from a toilet seat and all that kind of stuff. And people were panicky and all that. I know what happened to the church when several of our very prolific, high-profile preachers laid hands on somebody that had AIDS and God healed them. Some of you didn't hear what I just said. If God can heal that, <laughs> He can heal COVID. If God can heal cancer and leukemia, God can heal COVID. If God can heal blinded eyes and open deaf ears, God can heal COVID. You're still not hearing me today. We have accepted a condition, and it is time for the church, the triumphant church, the believing church, the church that's been through the fire, through the flood, and to hell and back, to come to our senses and realize this can't stop the church. Hallelujah. I want to say to you again, I believe it's time for Pentecost again at Grace Church. So I preached to you last Sunday. I want to see rejoicing at Grace Church again. I want to see shouting and dancing and aisle running at Grace Church again. I want to see miracle signs and wonders at Grace Church again. It's time for Pentecost again. And I believe that Grace Church is in a place where all of us have been given the same commandment. Why stand around gazing and trying to figure out what just happened? There is a commandment that God wants us to believe and God wants us to obey. Today, this morning, right now, you, the heavens are going to open and I believe the Holy Ghost is going to be poured out again in this church and all of us are going to be filled up with the Holy Ghost again. Hallelujah. I'm asking everyone, Sunday school teachers, singers, production booth, ushers, musicians, JV team, moms and dads, everybody, receive ye the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, receive the Holy Ghost. All right, unbuckle your seatbelt. Take your umbrella down. Here's my text for this morning. Acts chapter 3, the Holy Ghost fell in Acts 2, and now we're in Acts 3, one chapter later. The first verse, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. They were going to a prayer meeting, not leaving one, going to one. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms, or ask, hey, can you give me five bucks? I understand that inflation has hit the New York City area, now they ask for 750 <clears throat> Never mind. 
And Peter, fastening his eyes upon them, upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, Silver and gold, have I none? We've heard this so much, it don't even do much anymore to us now, does it? Silver and gold, have I none? But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Do you think he changed that prayer meeting just a little bit? And all the people saw him walking and praising God. I want to preach to you this morning for just a few minutes. Is it time for Pentecost again? Part two. I am constantly surprised and bewildered and honestly sometimes even discouraged at how a person who claims to love God claims to have repented of their sins and been baptized in the beautiful name of Jesus and have been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and even in times past have testified of the moving of the Holy Ghost in their lives to take these people and be content to live so far beneath their privilege as children of the King of Kings. I am disturbed over the fact that many of us, listen to what pastor's about to say, you can see it on the screen. I'm disturbed over the fact that many of us have been in church longer than we have been in anything else. And yet while we excel and achieve and grow and enhance in other areas of our life, we are not doing as well with spiritual development. There's people here today, I've witnessed you being promoted on your jobs. There's people here today that I've witnessed you being married, getting married, having children, growing your family, and you just keep growing as life comes and and every day comes and every week comes and every month you just keep growing. But church-wise, spiritual-wise, we plateau out at some point. <clears throat> We're seemingly hooked on holy happy meals and addicted to spiritual drive through food. So much so that whenever an attempt is made to wean us off the spiritual bottle so that we can be introduced to spiritual food, table food, we resist and choose the way that we think is easier. I am disturbed by what has happened to us, especially over the past couple of years, as all of you well know. So today I've come to talk to you about this tragedy, the tragedy of living with low expectations. If you're honest today, many of us who have entered into this holy place this place that is sanctified and set aside unto the worship of our God have become satisfied with our present spiritual level. Even though this place, the church, is a place that is pregnant with possibility and potential, many have come today not expecting to get anything and have absolutely no intention of taking anything home with you more than what you already have. 
Yes, we came today to hear some good singing, and we did. We're here prepared to hear some powerful praying, and we have. And some are even hoping that the pastor would preach a pretty nice sermon. But not nearly enough have come, expecting to leave here today challenged, changed, different, stronger, better, more stable, more secure, more confident, loosed, healed, delivered, and set free. Few have come today saying, God, my storage tank is empty, and God, I'm available to to you. Few have come saying, is there a word from the Lord for me today? Few have come saying, Lord, I come to you with a knee bent and a body bowed before thy throne of grace. And I'm asking you today, God, to fill my cup and let it overflow. Sadly, for one reason or another, we have become content to live our lives every single day with low expectations. Now, I'm not suggesting that we don't attend church. I'm not suggesting that we don't love the church fellowship. I'm not suggesting that we don't read our Bibles from time to time. But what I am suggesting is that over a period of time, we have become accustomed to not seeing much. We have. We're just content if we can make it through one more day. God, if I can just make it for one more week. If I can just make it to next Sunday, God, help us to get out of that. God, help us to get out of that. Then the enemy comes in and tricks us into believing that not much is to be expected. And that's just the way it's supposed to be. I'm I'm, I'm presenting to you folks with all of my heart today. God's gotten a hold of me and turned me every which way but loose. We were having dinner this past Thursday night, I believe it was, with the Watleys and I was very jovial at the table. And Noah piped up and said, Boy, Papa, last Sunday really did change you. I haven't seen you in this good of a mood in a long time. Well, I am finally glad somebody noticed. (laughs) Hallelujah. Last Sunday did do something to me, but it just wasn't last Sunday. It's been over the past three weeks of this prayer and fasting thing. God has got a hold of my heart, and I'm tired of living with low expectations out of my relationship with God. I believe God has a whole lot more to give than what we've seen. Oh, yes. So let's talk about the lame man. This is what I believe that I've come to understand. And maybe it's just for me. I don't know. I don't think so, but maybe it is. What we have to understand about this Acts chapter 3 miracle, as much as the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, listen, all the disciples had to do, all that 120 had to do was just show up. They didn't have a prayer meeting. For those 7 to 10 days, 14 days, however long it was, waiting for the Holy Ghost in the upper room, they had a business meeting. And that's the most unrevival thing, atmosphere that we do at this church. Now, folks, we know that Judas committed suicide. Well, buddy, that brought in a little Debbie Downer, dark rain cloud, whatever, to bring up Judas, the betrayer. He's the one that caused us to be in all this mess. Now, we got to elect somebody else. They had a business meeting. You read it in the book of Acts. They had a business meeting. In the middle of all of that, 
It didn't matter. That's what we don't understand today. When it's on God's time clock to do something, it's going to happen. No matter what we do or no matter what we don't do. And that's what we have a hard time. We still feel like we have to earn something. We still have, we believe kind of that we have to do this works and works and works and, and do more good works and more good works and maybe then something will happen. Uh, God, oh God on numerous occasions did things not because of what the people did, but because he was just ready to do something amazing. And after all this past two years, I believe with all of my heart that God has talked to me. He's spoken to me. I've communed with God over the past several weeks and even the past several months, that God is, is posturing the church right now for him to pour something out on his church, whether we've prayed for it or not. Some of you are scratching your head over that one. The Bible said in Joel chapter 2, when God said, I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, he didn't say as long as you're praying and fasting for it. He said, I'm just going to do it whether you're doing anything. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have to do anything. And I believe God honors faithfulness. Hebrews 6.10 says that. God honors faithfulness when you minister to the saints and all that. But I believe God has reached a point in our church culture today around the world for those that are open to it that he's about to do something amazing in the church. Now, this lame man had been brought to that gate virtually all of his life. His time for a miracle had come. God's time for him to have a miracle had come. The lame man didn't have anything to do with it. You don't read where he prayed and fasted. God had two men coming his way that was about to change him and his family and his friends forever. All this man had to do was be there and recognize the time. And even at that, recognizing the time, even at that, he didn't really do a good job of that either. But he went along with what Peter was explaining to him and telling him to do. So the Bible said it was the ninth hour, 3 p.m. in the afternoon. This was a time, I believe, that was on God's calendar. This miracle was for him to receive if he was willing. I believe this is where we are today. God wants to restore to us things that we've lost, things that have been consumed by all of this COVID mess over the past two years. It's going to be up to us to be here and to receive it when he gives it. The lame man had become so accustomed to doing what he had always done that even when an opportunity came to change his direction and destiny, he was still somewhat content to stay where he was. So I have come today to challenge someone here to move out of your spiritual comfort zone. I just want us to create an atmosphere that will make someone uncomfortable with where you are and cause you to become dissatisfied with your current low level of spiritual living. I would today that someone would admit that I'm tired I mean sick and tired of always having your head hung down. Tired of always being broke and alone and contemptible and miserable and insignificant and inadequate and insufficient and incapable and imperfect and sad and despondent and defective and deplorable and disgraceful and depressed and in despair and mad and flawed.
wild and substandard and pitiful and pathetic and poor and defensive, bringing up the rear, never leading, never being the head instead of the tail, always on bottom and never on top. I want God to give to somebody today what he wants to give you, and I'm asking you to receive it. I believe there's somebody here today that's tired of moaning and groaning, tired of always crying and complaining, tired of getting life's leftovers. Is anybody here today that's tired of living with low expectations? This text today is a very familiar one, and I won't dare to try to unpack all of it today. But I think most of you here know the story. The Holy Ghost had just poured, been poured out. Meanwhile, there's a lame man at the gate, beautiful, that went into the temple. He was sitting there, been begging all of his life. That's what he was used to. People brought him. People picked him up. And here comes Peter and John, and everything changes just like that. No prerequisite. No if you do this, if you do that. None of that. All he had to do was be there and receive it. That's all I can find in this miracle. But I do want to lift just a couple of points for you to consider with a little closer consideration so that maybe we can be aware of the symptoms of and suggested solutions to living with low expectations. I want to tell somebody, I want to tell us today that understanding both the symptoms of and the solution to living with low expectations could well save someone's life as a matter of fact it could save your own number one when we investigate this text when we investigate this text this man's condition is clear this man had not been able to stand on his own two feet ever he's lame He's a cripple. He's handicapped, if you will. I say that in all due respect. His legs does not work. His legs appeared to be just useless limbs stretched out on a blanket in front of him. They were attached to him, but he had never felt them. He had never moved them. He never ran as a boy on them. He never walked as a man on them. Simply put, because he was lame, he could not stand on his own two feet. And I have discovered that even in this church, we have some who are spiritual cripples, and I say that in all due respect, and their lameness will lead to their living with low expectations. Maybe not physically crippled, but they are spiritually crippled. So don't look now, but there's a good possibility that you're sitting next to someone who is spiritually crippled. They may have sung in the praise team this morning, but they're singing cripples. They may serve on the ushering staff, but they are ushering cripples. They may teach Sunday school classes, but they are teaching cripples. One of the clear symptoms of their crippled condition is the fact that they cannot spiritually stand on their own two feet. They're always living under their circumstances instead of living victoriously above their circumstances. They have been carried all of the time. Now, we all need to be carried sometimes, but there ought to be sometimes where you're strong enough to carry someone else. We all need to be helped sometimes, but there ought to be sometimes when you're able to help somebody else. So when you are a spiritual cripple, someone else has to pray for you, worship for you, praise for you, shout for you, seek for you, 
fast for you, if you will. But there ought to come a time when you say, hey, I don't need anybody to do this for me. God has been too good. You can't tell it like I can tell it, what the Lord has done for me. When I look back over my life and the thing think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed. I can truly say today that my good days outweigh my bad days, so I can't complain. Despite all the misery that I've been through, I still have joy in my heart. I may not have money, but I have joy. And this joy I have, the world didn't give it. COVID didn't give it. And the world and COVID can't take it away. Hallelujah to God. Wish somebody would get on board with me here this morning. The second thing I'll take out of this scripture setting is this man had always been this way. Everybody say always. He had always been this way. This was just not a bad day for him. He was born this way. And because he was born this way, as far as he knew, he would always be this way. This was his normal. Begging for him was normal. Being pitied was normal. Being helpless and ignored was normal. In other words, he had gotten used to this way of life. This was just life. This was his life. He had been captured and seized by his current conditions. He was used to living with low expectations. But God, see, we, we have trouble with the but God statement. We, we struggle with the but God statement. God was about to introduce to this man something that was amazing and powerful and mind-blowing, something you can't get your head around. God was going to enable and empower this man to do something that he had never, ever been able to do his entire life. We say, if this is our normal, then even God himself can't change it. God was about to give this man a miracle. And it was about to happen because it really wasn't having anything to do with the man. It was God's time for it to happen. So I may not know who you are, but there's someone here today who has been down so long that as far as you're concerned, being down is normal. Maybe you've been sitting at the back of the church because deep down inside, you don't feel worthy to come up to the front anymore. You've been doing this for so long that now it just feels normal. Others may be here today and you're struggling with a bad attitude or you're depressed or you fornicate or commit adultery or you're a liar or you're lonely or you're discouraged or you feel isolated, you're carnal and worldly like... The man in our text, we've learned to accept this norm. We, we've, we've come to accept low expectations. That's just the way it is. The third thing I'll point out about this man 
is it was not his fault. He didn't order this stuff to happen to him. You didn't either. It just happens. Sometimes things just happen. But you don't have to stay in the shape that you're in or the place that you're in anymore. The cripple was brought to church every day. And I'm glad he had friends and maybe family that would do that for him. He was brought every day to church, but he never got better. So I'm glad he didn't give up and quit coming last Sunday. See, I, I, I know somebody, wonderful, wonderful person that told me I've been prayed so far for a certain physical condition that I don't come up and get prayed for anymore. It's just been over and over and over. It's gotten embarrassing. Nothing ever happens. Nothing ever happens. Nothing ever happens. I wonder if there was one Sunday this person missed <laughs> that maybe God had that miracle for, but they weren't there to receive it. It's not that God is cruel and mean and all that stuff, but we forget sometimes God has a calendar too. If you don't believe that, read the Bible. He does have a calendar. He's got a date set for a rapture and the tribulation period and the millennium and, and white throne judgment. All of that is coming in the future. You look in the past, he, he had a date for Calvary. So I believe he has times and appointed seasons that he does things. And if you're here, you'll be a recipient of it. I had this thought cross my mind just this week. I believe it was last weekend was because of the times. I wondered what God could have spoken to me had I been there. But I wasn't there. Lord willing, God still has moves on me the way he's been moving. Planning to preach you a sermon next Sunday. And the, the fruit or the benefit of that sermon is going to depend on who's here or not. If somebody shows up, then there'll be a great message and things will happen. But if they don't, it'll be just another sermon. Sometimes you just have to be there if you want to be a recipient of what God's doing. And you may come all of your life until you're 40-something or 50-something or 60-something. Unless you're like Brother Donnie and you're 100-something. But however long it takes... God don't do everything for you when you're a child. Do we understand that? Yeah, there's some Samuels in the Bible where God did amazing things and some Davids when they were little kids, but that ain't everybody. Jonah wasn't a kid when God called him. Peter wasn't a kid when God called him. Paul wasn't a kid when God called him. There are some things that God gives and does for us that happens when we're much older. We think we've capped out in our relationship with God. Paul thought he was brilliant. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, he said, until he took that little ride to Damascus that day and his whole world came to a screeching halt. Don't think for a minute 
because you've come here all of your life and you've been a part of the church all your life. I've heard that. I've heard it testified, but now it has new meaning. I've been. I've served God all of my life. I was filled with the Holy Ghost when I was two, and I prophesied when I was three, and I laid hands on the sick when I was four. I've heard all these testimonies exaggerated a little bit, but you get the point. And so we think we're done with our relationship with God, and we're not. This man was brought to church as a cripple all of his life. He's a grown man now. Oh, God. How long have you been coming to church? And you think that because something amazing that you need hasn't happened yet, that it's never going to. If we're honest today, most of us probably feel What should be our attitude when we come to church? It should be an attitude that says, I came to have a rendezvous with God. And if I leave with a miracle, fine. If I don't, I'll be back next Sunday. And if it don't happen that Sunday, I'll be back the next. You don't come for the pastor. You come to continue to develop that relationship with God. I just felt a nudge in the Holy Ghost. Ryan Taylor, I apologize to you, but there's something I've wanted to do. I wanted to call you for about the past two weeks, and I just, it just, there's stuff going on, and it just, it gets by me. But I wanted you to bring a work resume to church, and we're going to anoint it and pray for it in the name of Jesus because I want God to give you a job here and stop at that Lake Charles business Lake Charles is that right so you can be here with your family I believe God can do that as a matter of fact I don't believe he has to have a resume a resume in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus God he's faithful bless this man with a good job here that goes beyond his expectation God I feel the Holy Ghost Woo! Hallelujah! You know what I'm expecting? To get a text from Ryan here in the next few days. Pastor, you ain't going to believe this. Oh, yes, I will, because I've seen God do it before. I've seen God do it before. Go ahead and stand up. I'm done. Woo! Hallelujah! There's a man that came to our church in Baker, couldn't find a job, couldn't find a job, couldn't find a job, couldn't find a job. He brought a, well, no, yellow envelope, brought it up to the church. You remember that? With resumes in it. We anointed that with oil and prayed over it. About two weeks later, he called me and he said, Dear God, Brother Murphy, I don't know what to do. I've got more job offers right now than I know what to do with, and I don't know which one I'm to take. I said, Welcome to the kingdom. God has those what you need before you even ask Him. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it shall be. All right. All right. I just, I need about two minutes. Just stay standing. But I'm landing gears out. We're coming down for the descent. Peter and John, no doubt, had seen this man before. I believe they probably saw him at the temple. 
That poor man, I feel so sorry for him. I wish God would give him a miracle. I wish God would heal them lame legs. There's a person here at Grace Church. I want God to heal them so bad, I don't know what to do. I've been desperate. I've cried. I've prayed. I don't know what to do. But I believe their time's coming. It's a huge physical problem, and I believe God is going to raise this person up. I believe it in the name of Jesus. But no doubt they had been seeing this man laid at the gate, the beautiful gate, for months, weeks, years. Poor man, giving money, poor man. I believe they knew about him. And even Peter and John, Billy, couldn't help that man. All those years, somebody needs to hear me right now. I'm talking to you in the Holy Ghost. We've said for years, well, Pastor, I don't have that gift to lay hands on people and then be healed. Maybe not now. See, see, this is what I'm talking about. We have a mindset and I'm battling it bad. I battle it with myself. I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to me. Admire me for my courage today, whether you like the message or not. God, I can't do that. We can say, I'm no Lee Stone King, and I'm no Mark Buster, and I'm no this person, that person. Don't you think God knows that? It's all those years Peter and John went to the temple to pray. They couldn't help that man until that day. I'm not making fun, buddy. I admire you. I respect it. I respect it. I love you. You know that. God, I Oh, my. I believe there's people here today that you've seen this person, that person, this person. I'm going to Grace Church now, this person, that person. And you said in your heart, God, I wish I could help them. How many times have we been at a restaurant you see somebody in a restaurant? I said it just the other day to Sister Murphy. Not knowing I was going to preach this particularly just like this. But I said, man, I wish I could go pray for that person and God would heal them just like that. I couldn't that day. But maybe tomorrow. Y'all not hearing me. You're not hearing me. How would it feel to be in a restaurant? You ask yourself or to be at Walmart or wherever and you see somebody you may not be able to help them today but tomorrow that day I don't know if Peter ever rehearsed what he said to that man before in his life I don't believe he did the man stuck his little cup out there and asked for alms can you give me some change man I need a happy meal I need a holy happy meal something just came over Peter Come on, Billy, get on board with me. You know where I'm going with this. Peter looked at him that day, and I believe something came over him. As much as the Holy Ghost fell from heaven, that moment happened from heaven itself. I believe it with all of my heart. Peter just looked at him, and he was probably even surprised himself at what he was saying. And maybe it just shocked him, shocked him. God, I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't believe I'm, I hope I know. I hope I'm in the will of God. I hope I prayed and fasted for the last week, and I hope I've done this and that and this and that so I can do this looked at him and said, silver and gold have I not. But such as I have, give I He couldn't do that yesterday. But today, but today, 
But today, but today, but today. What would it be like right now if you walked to the person across the aisle and laid hands on them and they were healed instantly of high blood pressure and whatever else is going on in their body? You didn't do that yesterday, but you can do it today because it's God's time. Peter exercised a contagious faith that launched that whole book of Acts experiences that we talk about all the time. I believe that miracle propelled them. It just wasn't the infilling of the Holy Ghost, but it was that miracle. Everybody knew that man. He'd been there for years, Jeremy. People had given up on that dude a long time ago. If God was going to heal him, he'd have done it by now. How do you know that? Who made you the spiritual Einstein to know all this stuff all of a sudden? We don't know nothing when it comes to God's calendar. But what we do know is that we need to show up every time. Because you never know when your miracle just came up today. You need a financial miracle, Ryan. I believe what I just said in the name of Jesus. Somebody needs a financial miracle. You need a miracle of healing. You need for God to work something out in your life. Huh? You're going to get quiet all of a sudden? You're going to withdraw and put your cup away and tell Peter, no, I've changed my mind. I don't need any money. I'm going to wait on somebody else. You'll be a fool to wait. Your world can change right now. Your day can change right now. Your family can change right now. Your life can change right now. Why? Because it's God's time. somebody right now. I believe God has a miracle for somebody right now. I believe God's going to answer somebody's prayer right now. I believe things in your life is going to change right now because it's God's time. I wish y'all could hear what I'm hearing right now. There's young people up here speaking in tongues already. The Holy Ghost is falling. There's people being moved on by the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, somebody receive it in the name of Jesus. The steel inside the storm, the promise of the shore. I trust the power of the world. Oh, yes, I do. We love to seek your kingdom first. Beyond the barren lands, beyond the ocean in the name of Jesus. I walk through the waters, I won't be overcome. When I go through the rivers, I will not be drowned. My God will make a way, so I am not afraid. You keep the promises you Oh, yes, you do, Lord. There is in one that is 
victory. So I will not lose heart here. 